Hi, my name is Marie White, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast, The White Bikini. And joining me this evening is my co-host, Nicholas Banton. How are you, Nicholas? I'm great, Marie. It's good to be with you again. Tonight, we're going to tackle the conversation of the formula crisis in America and why can't we feed our children? When I started taking notes today, I'm a little startled how quickly things changed from seven o'clock this morning before I went into work. How do you think we should break this down, Nick? Well, I think it's important maybe for our listeners to have a timeline and we can perhaps work this timeline either backwards where we start in the present and work to the incipient moment of this crisis or we can start at the beginning of the crisis and work our way forward, whichever you prefer. Let's start at the beginning. And the beginning is in February of 2022. I, like many other Americans, heard the news that there was a contamination in a plant and that two children had died. And while I was concerned about the news, I didn't think at the time when they said the plant was closed, that it was the major manufacturer of all the baby formula in the country. I think what happened is terrible, but I just assumed as many other Americans that they'll just shift it to another plant and keep manufacturing, which is exactly what did not happen. And since February, this plant has been on shutdown and the formula, and I do believe one of the problems with this plant is they make the very specific formula for children with allergies. Yes, that's right. That's my understanding as well. And I think that's part of the shortage issue is there is a shortage, but the shortage is for this very specific children with terrible allergies and have need specific formula. So not only can we not feed our children, but the ones that are the most vulnerable are getting sick from the wrong formulas. Yeah, that's certainly what I'm seeing on the on the news. You know, you see children with terrible hives and it's just sad. It's just sad that the most vulnerable among us can't even get proper nutrition. And on top of all the issues that we've dealt with over the last few years, you know, with COVID and George Floyd, it just seems like this country is incapable of providing the most basic services to the most needy members of society. And, And that is a horrible, horrible position to be in. And now the FDA has cleared the ways we know for the plant to reopen. It is called Abbott Laboratories, and they, com- they are the company that behind shuttered the plant in Michigan, and is just one of four companies that control about 90% of the U.S. formula market. And in some ways, the government has contributed to this due to the WIC program. The WIC program signs with each state an exclusive contract with each of the formula manufacturers. So the government gets a big price break And in exchange, a company gets a captive market. So they're kind of competing against each other on who can make more formula. And WIC is, I believe, 70% of all formula purchasers in this country. So it's almost that they're competing. Well, it's not that they're almost, they're competing against each other. And like everything in capitalism, it's great until something stops working. Yeah, this is reminiscent of many of our topics of discussion in that there is this competitive pressure to provide a good or service at the lowest possible price. But with those narrow conditions, if anything goes wrong in the production process, we're left incredibly vulnerable. And yet this isn't yet another example. So I think you can perhaps look at this on several layers. There's a layer in which the government's at fault, 
But there is yet another layer in which as citizens, as members of a democracy, we're at fault because the government is a reflection of the people. I've said this before, but the government isn't just some monster that lives up in the hills that comes down and terrorizes the villagers. We constructed this over generations. We've constructed the government that we have. And when our government fails to deliver for us, we can point to our elected officials directly, but we also need to look at ourselves as to what kind of society we've constructed that would leave the most vulnerable members of our society at such a dire position. And, and I realize this discussion is not necessarily a political discussion, or perhaps it might evolve into one. We're talking about children not being able to have the food they need to survive. But I, 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 I'm not one of those people that has knee-jerk response or knee-jerk reaction to immediately go, polemic and point fingers, the government's bad, the government's bad, the government's bad. I think we need a much more sophisticated and nuanced look at these problems. And I think some of the concern for me, and now I guess it is going to get political, I think from a psychological standpoint, you and I've discussed this, that we were kind of as a country, you know, kind of in neutral. And I think when Trump was elected president, we were kind of thrown into park and then reverse. And now we can never get back to neutral. Yeah, that's a problem. When you have something that was broken and then you stress it, all of a sudden you start to notice how badly broken it really is. And I think that's what Trump was. Uh, Trump was that ultimate stress test on our systems, on our politics, on our the way we converse with one another, the way we interact with one another, even the way we perceive reality. Um, he was the ultimate stress test. And I think what he revealed was a country that was very, very fragile. And we would talk throughout the Trump presidency, and I kept saying, thank God nothing big happened on his watch, never thinking that a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic would hit. And I did have a bad feeling that something was going to happen, because it's always bound to. But I think, unlike a war, which is a very different set of layers to manage, a pandemic weakened our country emotionally and economically. And I don't think Americans somewhat have the fight right now because they're so busy putting out critical fires that they're, we want our government to run on its own almost, which is not fair, but yes. that's that's what they're there for. And we're just, people are just trying to keep the lights on now. Yes, I agree. There's a, there's a certain amount of neglect that we do want the government to run on autopilot and on automatic, as you said, and we, we want a hands-off approach, but any system, anything that you approach with a hands-off approach, it's going to suffer. Take your health and you look at it or you deal with your health in a hands-off approach, you're going to suffer. If you treat your car with a hands-off approach, it's going to fail you. When, as you said, Trump came in and he absolutely stressed this country and then COVID hit to further stress this country, now we're dealing with the fallout of a, a seismic shift, a seismic shaking, I should say, in our society. And this baby formula crisis is just another example of how fragile the system is. So now we know that the plant was closed. I did hear the story. And then about a week ago, suddenly we hear the formula is running out. And I think it's two factors. I do believe people are hoarding it. Agreed. But I also think, as we just talked about, the more specific problem is that plant does the very specialized formula. And I don't understand how in February, it's the end of May, that this wasn't a red flag that we needed to speed up maybe the 
cleaning factor of it. I don't know. This is my own ignorance. I don't know how long does it take to clean a factory like that. And also the laboratory denies that what happened to the children was through their fault. Naturally. So I don't know how we get to May and now our children are being hospitalized due to people feeding the wrong formula, as we just stated, and also making homemade formula. And I'm seeing pictures as you have on the news of these children really suffering. I think this is the inefficiency in our society. And note, I didn't say government specifically, but in our society. I think there are many people that are hoarding baby formula. I think we hear some, you know, I think it's just a natural reaction to what we experienced during COVID that we get some sense that a calamity is in the pipeline and people panic and they panic by. And so you have parents who probably bought formula for kids that don't really need that specific formulation. And then you have parents out there who can't get it. So is that the government's fault? I think we have to look at ourselves. I think we need to take a look at how we care about one another. I think there's so many layers to this problem. And I think it's apropos of everything that has gone wrong in the last couple of years. So the plant is going to restart in about two weeks. And then I just heard on the news today that realistically, we cannot expect any shipments of formula, probably almost now to early August. Yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be a lag time. There's going to be a period in which the plant has to start up, get up to production, pass all the required safety requirements to make sure that you don't exacerbate the problem by putting out bad formula in order to meet the demand. So this problem is going to persist. And I think perhaps what we need to look at as one potential solution is that we need fallback contingencies in place when these things happen. At nowhere along this the discussion of this particular timeline of events. Did I hear anyone say, well, when this worst case scenario happens, we have this particular contingency in place, much like we discussed regarding the mask situation. What happens if 320, 330 million people need masks to protect them from an airborne illness? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we need to reconceptualize our society and as, and as a subcategory of our society, we need to reconceptualize what government is there to do. I think also we need to have a better understanding of exactly how many manufacturing plants we have to do everything. Where they are, who is in charge of them, and if there is a problem with contamination running out of any type of product, what is the backup plan? I don't think, and in today's society, it makes me crazy that one database speaks to another. I think people just get out of bed, put their pants on and just hope for the best every day on higher level of governments that I find very concerning. I suspect the level of effort that it would take to implement those kinds of contingencies is beyond the scope of what we're prepared to do right now. I think, you know, you think back to the 1950s and 60s, all the way up to the 1980s, when there was this expectation or this concern that the United States might be a target of Soviet nuclear attack. And so we had nuclear fire drills for want of a better word. I think we need to have that kind of thinking. I, I think back to my visit to Japan and I remember the school children having tsunami evacuation drills and earthquake drills. My vision of our society moving forward is that our government and our society essentially has a drill-like mentality, if not in practice, 
conceptually. And what I mean by that is what to do when these things happen and how to execute them, who's in charge, how much time it will take. Because here's one thing, you can give people bad news if you convey to them, you communicate to them that you know what you're doing and you have a handle of the situation. But I think what's gone on over these last several months is that people have been finding out on the evening news. And so there doesn't seem to be a steady hand at the till, making sure that what's going on is clearly communicated to those people most directly impacted by the consequences. And so I think there's a definitely communication, a crisis communication problem, but I, I think we, we have a, a social problem where we just want things and we want them cheap. And as long as they're cheap and they're there, we will look the other way until the wheels come off the bus. I love when you say that, I'm sorry. <laughs> look at the last couple of years. It's just that the wheels have come off the bus in terms of our social discourse. The wheels have come off the bus in terms of democracy. The former president of the United States led a coup against his own government because he refused to leave office. This is banana republic shenanigans. The most advanced democracy and the most and the wealthiest country in the history of humankind is incapable of feeding children with specific food allergies because one plant is shut down due to contamination. That is a terrible indictment on our society. That's an absolute... I'm at a loss for words. So in the last two days, thankfully, Biden began to realize the severity of the situation. And I don't I don't want to criticize the president because I do believe the president is putting out other fires. But I think he assumed this was being handled. So now we are evoking the Defense Production Act to increase the supply of the U.S. infant formula. And then also they're talking about flying planes, first coordinating with other countries who has the formula and then actually sending flights to and from to get the formula through pre-approved countries. Yeah. And listen, I don't need to defend Biden on this one. I think he has problems that, as you said, fires that he needs to put out. But for those people who have the knee-jerk reaction, the immediate knee-jerk reaction to attack Biden for political reasons, let me remind all those people that those are the same people that are out there with signs and criticisms of Biden saying that we're not a socialistic country. That's socialism. If you want the government to be responsible for the means of production, that's socialism. So I just want to make sure that we have a reasonable understanding so that years from now, when we come back and perhaps listen to this podcast, people might ask the question, well, where was the government? Where was the president? We are a capitalistic society. Yes. And we have the expectation that we create a system of rules and laws and incentives in order for corporations in, this, in our society to provide for the needs of the citizenry. So the first finger to be pointed is what kind of system do we have? What kind of capitalistic system do we have where that system is allowed or permits a one company to put the lives of so many children at risk? There's definitely room for criticizing the government, but let's be honest about this. You know, we like to privatize the successes and socialize the defeats. Agreed. And, and and I want to make sure we steer clear of that because that's one of the false dichotomies, one of these like political dichotomies that's often constructed, constructed and it gets us nowhere. So I'd like for us to at least recognize this is a failure of capitalism. 
I agree. And I believe that everyone likes capitalism as long as you are getting the best benefit out of it. And when capitalism doesn't work is exactly what's happened is when we're flying planes to other countries to get formula to feed American children. I don't know how we got here, but at the time when everything was working and as you said, the wheels were on the bus, but the moment they came off the bus, we are now crashing and cannot get back on track. Yes, and and that's what happens when you have a system that is taking too many blows. It's like a, a boxer that's taking too many punches in the ring. After a while, he or she just can't get back up. And I, I hope that's not where we're headed. I hope we're not headed to a society that just can't pick itself back up. The, the country is further fracturing along political lines. And this is yet another insult to our system of government, to our society to this construct that we call America. It's more than the baby formula crisis. It's more than COVID. It's more than the George Floyd protests. It's more than the January 6th insurrection. I think what we've witnessed over the last three years are some very, very significant faults in our system. If I were a civil engineer and I witnessed, I, I observed these kinds of fractures on a bridge or a roadway, I would immediately shut this thing down. We don't have that option. So at least now there is a, a plan in place, albeit a late plan to get these children the formula that they need. And hopefully that doesn't create pros a, a problem because you know there's a reason we have the FDA. The FDA is there to make sure that there's a particular standard that must be met. And there's a reason why the plant was shut down. The plant didn't meet those standards. So there'll be an additional process, I imagine, of making sure that wherever we source this new formula, they meet the necessary standards to keep children healthy and safe. I get the, the, the knee-jerk reaction to politicize this and point fingers and offer simple accusations, not even solutions, but simple accusations. But I think there are many layers of complexity to what's going on here. And I didn't really want to bring this up, but now I am. And on top of all of this, they're now shaming women that they should be breastfeeding to begin with. Yes. And it's the same type of people that would try to overthrow the government on January 6th, I think. It's that mindset. <laughs> it's the objectification of women. Um, you know, I, you didn't want to go necessarily to this whole idea of shaming, breast, uh, shaming women about breastfeeding. I didn't necessarily want to go to the whole idea of Roe v. Wade being overturned. There is a fundamentalist, I won't even say conservative, ideology that is perhaps in its death throes, but you know, a dying animal is sometimes at its most dangerous, that is essentially trying to undo the last 50 years of progressive female achievement in society. So this is just another insult to that target, reducing women to incubators. Their women are essentially, you know, in the minds of these people, walking uteruses and milk producers. And, and, and I was so sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I apologize. I was just, I was so startled that when this all started to really escalate about a week ago, along with the Roe the Ro versus Wade, then on top of it now, they started to talk about women should be breastfeeding to begin with. And I was so startled. I thought, oh no, they didn't just say that. And they have. Yes. So what, what should be... I believe the companies that own all of the formulas, companies like Walmart also should partner together since they benefited from the money of all these purchases and take care of it because you can't be capitalist. And when there's a problem begins, 
dump it on the dump it on the taxpayers. Yeah. It's not fair. That's exactly what I said. We saw that in 2008 with the economic collapse. Everybody loves capitalism when capitalism is winning. And then when capitalism loses, then we're socialists. Everybody wants to be socialists. Government to the rescue. Government fix this. Government fix that. I think two things. When it comes to healthcare, I prefer a socialized approach. And when it comes to anything regarding the health of our children, whether it be formula, again, health insurance, I prefer to be government run and a profit not made off of it. No, I agree with you in, in, in that regard. I think there's a place for government in our society, much like you when it comes to healthcare. I think socialized system, as we've seen from the most advanced societies on earth, it works effectively. I don't necessarily need Washington to design my car. I don't need that. So I think there's definitely room for both. And now on top of everything, we've got the problem in Ukraine. We've got the baby formula shortage. We have the gas issues. And there are still food shortages throughout this country. Correct. I agree with you. If we were civil engineers, it's almost like we need to shut the country down and do a major reset. I don't know how you keep us functioning in any sense of order when every week, and it's not even week now, it's daily, that either someone is, there's a mass shooting, there's a food shortage, people are dying in Ukraine, people are fighting at the border. I don't know how we control the chaos or where to start, but I know it has to end with our children not being fed. It definitely needs to end there. That's a red line. I think we can all agree should not be crossed, but, I think we have crossed it, Marie, and I think that's the problem. You know, for every red line that's drawn, there is a precedent for it being crossed. And I don't know what the answer is. And for someone I know that I can go online, order something from Amazon, and maybe have it delivered the same day, we are not a generation that can understand how a country like this cannot continue to manufacture formula. I don't understand. It's like we're living in three different worlds. You're absolutely right. I don't think the problem is that the country can't manufacture the formula. I don't think that's necessarily the most valid assessment. I think the problem is we are so lean and capitalism and government have formed this alliance to create the most profit for the fewest number of companies that we wind up in these situations where these companies, whenever something goes wrong, we're left exposed. We couldn't produce masks at the beginning of COVID and now we can't produce baby formula for our children. Think about it. If somehow, and we can do better because for all the food issues that are going on right now, most of us can drive to a fast food restaurant, be it Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's, Arby's, Chick-fil-A, and get fast food. Even if the price has gone up, it's available. So there is, I think there is a kind of priority that's taken place where even the companies themselves have put, you know, expanding our waistlines over providing for our children. And, and so this is an all of society failure. This isn't specifically a government failure or a corporation failure or a capitalism failure. It's an all of society failure. Agreed. We are all responsible to vote in the correct people. And if we don't, to get them out. But we are, we are our brother's keepers. We've lost that instinct. I think I we've lost that instinct. And I think that's why we're seeing so many fractures in our society, that the most pious and religious among us who claim to be the most devout 
I've forgotten one of the most fundamental teachings of the Christian faith, which is to be your brother's keeper, to be the good Samaritan, to care for the those in need. We find ways of seeing what we want to see and not seeing what we want to see. And I think this is part of the neglect we've talked about manifesting in our society. And I'd like to think moving forward that this will be a wake up call to at this point, there has to be another plant that can manufacture. And as you said, you're right. The formula that we're short is the very specific for children with allergies or certain deficiencies. And that's where this gets a little escalated. Absolutely. And I, I don't know if the system is designed to turn on a dime like that. And this is a vulnerability that, as I said, clearly, I cannot believe that there are no contingencies in place. That would just seem to be the rankest form of neglect. So I choose not to believe that. I suspect what it is, it's the system is so ossified. It's so broken that even when we break glass in case of fire, when we go through that action, fire department doesn't come until the building is burned down. And I think that's what we've been witnessing over the last few years is that there has been people reacting to crises in our, in our society and perhaps their game plans in place, but the reaction team is nowhere to be found. And I guess the one thing I don't understand is who is in charge of when this plant was closed? That should have been the first red flag. Who is in charge of making sure that that plant was clean and when it was closed, that we didn't wait till May to realize that we were short because it's never reopened. I don't have an answer on who's in charge of that. Is it the FDA? I mean, the FDA definitely has responsibilities. My understanding is that the FDA essentially gives these plants license to operate. But the problem is that government is in bed with the corporations and the corporations are in bed with government. So they kind of look out for each other. Um, and we lose as a society, as a people, we lose because the government has a vested interest in keeping those plans running and the plans have a vested interest in doing whatever they need to please the government. And I did see somewhere, probably on an article from NPR or the New York Times, that that plant was closed in 2018 and 2019 due to bacteria issues. So this problem, like many things in the mid, you know, 2016, 2017, that has been brewing and it just took this pandemic to push everything over the cliff. Yeah, I go back to that civil engineering perspective, civil engineering metaphor. There are a lot of cracks in our society. And we're going to keep seeing them because whether it's literally our roads and bridges, or in this instance, a baby formula plant, we're going to see further strains, further failures, witness further inefficiencies in terms of the reaction. And I feel like some of the people that are being interviewed and don't feel that the shortage is a big deal, a lot of them are men. It's the same group of men who think that women, I mean, listen, if we're going to overturn Roe v. Wade, what's going to be next? Are you going to essentially lock up women for not breastfeeding their children? I can absolutely see that coming next. I can see whether it's Texas or Florida or Alabama, that would be next. Because when you view women as objects with a particular purpose that they were designed for this in the way that black people were designed to be slaves or destined to be slaves. If you had the mentality that women are designed and destined to be mothers and producers of food for children, that would absolutely be the logical conclusion. So this mindset, we have to take it into account. And let's be honest, anyone with a higher income most likely got the formula. Or will find an alternative to the formula, whether it's breast milk or they can get premium formula 
flown in from Switzerland. And I don't want to make this a Roe v. Wade conversation, but it's going to be the same thing when Roe v. Wade is overturned. If you're rich and have access, you, you fly your daughter, you fly your wife, you fly your mistress to Switzerland or Israel or some other country where there, there is no opportunity for you know the states to come after women. Because the next step, of course, is that these states are going to start coming after women. It's not so much, it's not only that they're going to ban abortions, they're going to start coming after women, being required to breastfeed their children. I suspect that they're going to actually put women in prison for not breastfeeding their children. So this is part and parcel of a retrograde action that's taking place in our society. With that being said, let's end on a bright note. And I don't have one. Until next time, Marie. And until <laughs> our next episode. I think we can end there. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you for joining us on the White Bikini this evening. And thanks again, Nick. Thank you. Thank you.